like take your seats that'd be fantastic we'll start in a few moments wonderful amen so who was awake this morning at eight o'clock okay who was listening to radio sheffield this morning at eight o'clock fantastic so this morning at 10 past eight in the morning on the sunday morning um richard and myself and Manisa were live on Radio Sheffield. I was singing a few songs, doing a few poems. Not really. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I remember the first time I ever spoke on radio, I was so nervous. My emotions were whirring so much. I just hardly could get any words out because I was so nervous. And I just seen Richard next to me this morning with the microphone in front of him. I thought, that reminds me of what I was like the first time I went in. So if you listen back to the, the message uh, on, the, on the podcast, you'll hear him tapping the, tapping the desk as he's speaking. Passionate preacher of the gospel. It's fantastic. But you know, sometimes I want to just share today that emotions can be really strange things, can't they? Emotions can sort of rise and fall depending on how the rugby's gone. <laughs> so if you're a Welsh fan, I do apologise. But you know, sometimes our emotions rise and fall. But God's interested not just in our spiritual life, but he's also concerned about our emotional journey. That God wants you and me to be emotionally whole. See, our emotions do affect the way we think, the way we act, the way we react. And earlier this year, there was a film at the cinemas called Inside Out. Who's seen it? Who's seen the posters? Who's got no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. In this film, it's a story about inside this little girl's mind are three, five, one, two, three, four, five different emotions... Number one is joy. Which one's joy? You can tell, can't you? Which one's anger? That red one. Which one's sadness? Blue. Which one's fear? And which one's disgust? The green one. Okay. So these five emotions are inside this little girl, inside all of our lives. And God wants us not to live as victims to our emotions, but live in control of our emotions. So often we get caught up by the things that are happening around us. It's like a storm hits and we just lose all sense of self-control. But God wants us to be healthy, not just in our physical being, in our spiritual being, but also healthy emotionally. Who wants that? (laughs) Fantastic. So we're going to look at a passage of the Bible. In 3 John verse 2 it says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things... And be in health, just as your soul prospers. God wants our emotional life, our mental faculties to prosper, to be healthy, to be happy, and to be whole. 
But the thing is, in this world, we get so bombarded by negativity and hurt and pain that our emotions become crippled and inhibited. But God wants to set us free to enjoy this journey of life. The word prosperity in Greek is euhodos, and it means a journey. God wants to take us today on the journey out of maybe negative or restricted or damaged emotions into a place where we are free to be who we're meant to be in God. Are you with me so far? See, these emotions are part of our God-given DNA. They are what God designs to be. So there's nothing wrong with the emotions, but when the emotions start to become twisted and distorted because of hurt, pain, or disappointment, God has to renew us on the inside to make us the men and women he called us to be. Is that right? Fantastic. See, next slide, please, Sean. That's the signal. See, our emotional lives are not the core of who we are as Christians. See, the Bible says that we are tripartite. We are body, soul, and spirit. That each one of us has three aspects to our character. There's the body, which we are conscious of the world. There's our souls, in which we are conscious of ourselves. And there's our spirit, in which we are conscious of God. But the thing is, when we are affected by sin... That God spot, that spirit inside us, is deadened. The Bible says, as for you, you were dead in your sins. When we allow sin into our lives, that core element that makes us who we are in God is deadened. And the only way to get over that isn't by trying harder, it's by what we call in the church the new birth. See, when we are dead in sin... We can't make ourselves well or better. We need God to rekindle a fire in our hearts. And that's called regeneration. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And God wants today to cause the fire that once burnt in your heart to be kindled again. That the Spirit of God inside you will give birth to your spirit. That the scent of who you are comes alive. See, but when God does that, when God quickens us, I remember when I was 17 years old, God changed my life. I encountered him in an amazing way. But that didn't mean that overnight I became perfect. Just talk to my wife, Diane. Overnight, you don't become perfect. But what happens is God starts to do a work in your spirit. And you need to allow him to bring your soul life, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, reactions, into alignment with what he's doing in your spirit. Okay. So God changes from the inside out, but we need to bring our lives into alignment with what he is doing. Got your Bibles? I want to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Paul writes these words. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, neither can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. 
If we are living just out of our own soul life, our own imagination, our own feelings, our own desires, then we can't please God. But when God quickens our hearts, when he puts that fire in our spirits, when we come alive to him, then things start to change. What's governing your life today? What is the influencing factor over your actions and reactions today? Is it just how you feel? (laughs) Or is it something deeper, something more profound? See, Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says this, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God's at work within you. But you have to bring your life into alignment with what he says about you. Not what your friends say, but what he says about you. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the answer today is not to suppress your emotions. The answer today is not to give free reign to your emotions. The answer is to bring all your emotions and your thoughts into alignment with what God says about you. See, what God says about you is the final authority over your life. See, I know some beautiful young girls who sit and look in the mirror and see ugly. I know some talented and gifted young men who look in the mirror and just see useless. How you perceive yourself affects how you believe about yourself. And God wants to transform our things so we see ourselves as he sees us. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are unique. We are chosen and called. Yet we live in this shadow based on what people say about us, what we think about ourselves. But God today wants you to come into the agreement with what he says about you. You see, sometimes we get so familiar with believing certain things about ourselves. We'll never achieve anything. We're no good for anything. We're ugly. We're a failure. We make mistakes. We're worthless. We're useless. And we start to believe those things until they become like a hard shell around our hearts and minds. But for us to break out of those hard shells, we have to have the courage to go beyond where we are now. Just as a caterpillar crawls into a hard shell around it, has to break out that hard shell to become a butterfly. So God today wants you to break out of those negative emotions and thoughts that are in our lives so we can be the people he's called us to be. Jesus says in Matthew 18 these words, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. So there's power in agreement. If you start to agree what the world says about you, that's what you'll become. If you start to agree what God says about you, that's what you'll become. But if we listen to the constant bombardment of what our friends, our family say about us, we'll never live to our full potential. It's time to change the things you listen to. It's time to switch off the radio and turn on God's TV. Not God TV, that's God's TV. (laughs) And say, God, what do you say about me? The thing is, we often taint ourselves and look at ourselves through these spectacles and think we're nothing special. But God values you. 
You are unique. You are amazing. You are wonderful. And we need to allow God to allow us to come into agreement with what he says about us. One of the greatest hindrances to the church is that lack of confidence in who we are. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's time for the church, for people to rise up from the ashes and say, I know I'm called. I know I'm chosen. I know I'm valued. I know I can make a difference in my world. I need to come into alignment. Next, second thing I want to just mention this morning. Next slide, please is that we need to have a resilience in our emotional lives. I have to admit, in this day and age, I see so many people, I talk to lots of people, and they seem to have a lack of emotional resilience. My whole life's falling apart, Pastor. People come to me and their lives are damaged and don't seem to have that strength of emotional character. And we're all like it, aren't we? We're all the same. None of us are perfect. But I just think, thought to myself recently, if I was living 100 years ago, in this last century, the emotional trauma I would have gone through would have been so much worse than what I experience today. Lived through two world wars, the Great Depression, famine, rationing, sickness, death in the family, trauma all around me. Yet today in this society where we have so much, we seem to lack an emotional resilience. How are your emotions today? Are they strong? Are they solid? Or are they like a tree that's blown around in the wind? There's an old hymn written by a man called Spafford. Unfortunate name. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If we can get into a place as Christians, as believers today, then no matter what happens, no matter what storms rage against us, we are confident and secure in who we are in Christ. doesn't matter what the storms bring, because we know who we know. And we know who we are. And I pray today that in all of our lives, God will start to put a steel into our spirit. A backbone into our emotional lives. That we're not blown around by every emotion that comes upon our lives. I'm not backing down from the fight. In Psalms 78, there's a people called the men of Ephraim. It says, they were carrying bows, but they turned away when the heat of the challenge came. Sometimes there's storms that rage against you, but you need to have that resilience, that strength that comes from knowing who you are in God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it says, Jesus set out towards Jerusalem. He set out, he determined to follow his destiny. And if we're going to be Radical people in this generation need to be determined to pursue the heart of God, no matter where he takes us, whatever he asks us to do. Determination. See, my experience is there's nothing quite so resilient as the human spirit. That we are capable of so much more 
if you just trust him. But we're called also to deny our emotions. See, unless you have a God consciousness, your emotions govern your thoughts, your reactions, your values, your beliefs. Everything about you is governed by your emotional life. But when God starts to speak into our lives, we know there's a higher call, there's a higher destiny over our lives. Now, can I just say this? How you feel isn't necessarily real. Okay. I can't help it. It's just the way I feel. How you feel isn't necessarily real. We live, we make our decisions based on our emotional life that fluctuates every day. See, and there's a song that was sung last year, year before, and it's sung by a lady called Mary Lambert. And she sings a phrase in her song that says, I can't change, even if I tried, even if I wanted to, I can't change. And without God in your life, you can't change. Without God in your life, you don't want to change. With God in your life, all things become possible. And God can start to revolutionize who you are. Even if you're convinced you are a certain person with a certain way of doing things, God can change you. He specializes in changing broken lives. But the thing is, you've got to want to change. You can change. You've got to want to. You see, we need to learn to control our own emotions, our own thoughts, and to bring them to alignment with what God says. Proverbs 16 says this, He who is slow to anger is better than a mighty person. He who rules his own spirit is better than he who takes a city. Today, I'm praying as believers, as people that are gathered here, will not be subject to our emotions, but we'll have our emotions subject to our will. Next slide, please. Living above your emotions. Don't ever place your emotional health in the hands of other people. You're responsible for your own destiny. If I live today based on what people said about me in my past, I'll be crippled, emotionally bankrupt, and hopeless. You know my school report. You know the results I got. I told you last week, spelt fudge. Lost last week, lost this week. doesn't matter what your parents say about you. doesn't matter what your friends say about you. doesn't matter what your world says about you. It's what God says about you that really matters. And if we live under that yoke of what people say, we'll be crippled forever. What God says I am, that is what I am. Not what my wife says, not what my spouse says, not what my friends say, but what God says about me is what I am. And I want someone to simply align myself today with what God says about me. Living above your feelings. Living above your emotions. Our emotions can so easily be twisted and distorted that our perception of ourselves and our perception of our world is radically shifted from the true reality. But God says, I want you to live above circumstance. Habakkuk 3.17 says this, Though the fig tree does not bud, 
There are no grapes on the vines. There is no olive crop. And where the fields do not produce the food. Where there's no sheep in the sheep pen. And no cattle in the stalls. Yet I'll rejoice in God my Saviour. See, if you only become happy when things are going well, you've missed the plot. Happiness is very transient. It comes and goes with emotions. But God wants to put inside you a deep-seated joy. Next slide, please. This is joy. See, the dictionary definition of joy says that it's an emotion evoked by well-being, by success, or by good fortune. Happiness depends on what happens. Happiness depends on what happens. But C.S. Lewis, the great Christian author from the last century, said this, joy must be sharply distinguished both from happiness and from pleasure. Happiness is based on external circumstances, but joy is based on internal contentment. Are you content? Because when we are content in Christ, we have a peace, we have a joy, we have a self-acceptance that allows us to change and become the people that we are meant to be. See, the word joy appears 59 times in the New Testament. And the word rejoice appears 74 times in the New Testament. Joy and rejoicing. If you had looked around most churches, you wouldn't think that was such a prevalent idea. <laughs> we are called to be the most joyful people on earth. We have been redeemed. We have been loved. We have been called and chosen. Yet sometimes that joy is so deep, deep down in our hearts, there's no sign of it on the surface. But we're called to joy in Christ. Is that funny? We're called to be so con contained by love and joy that it starts to burst out of our lives. See, the word joy in Greek is kara. It means to express this jubilant ex excitement, to dance with joy. Now, and I saw, I saw some of you moving from side to side this morning during the worship service. I thought, a bit of a sway going on there. But there is a, there's a dynamic joy that just comes to our hearts when we know that we're loved by God. It's called and accepted us. In fact, Jesus in John 10, is it John 10? Somewhere around there. It says that he leapt for joy. Imagine Jesus leaping for joy. That same joy that he experienced. He wants you to experience. But turn over with me, if you can, to 1 Peter, for second, chapter 1, verse 8. This is great. Paul, Peter writes this. And when Peter's writing this, life is not going well for the church. <laughs> when 1 Peter is written, the emperor who's in charge of Rome at the time is a nice man called Nero. Who's ever heard of Nero. He was a lovely man, very friendly, very well balanced, very emotionally mature, but he hated the Christians. <laughs> In fact, he used to set fire to Christians to light the roads of Rome. He fed Christians to the lions. So when Peter's writing this, it says in verse 18 about 
the believers. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. <laughs> inexpressible and glorious joy. What a life to live. You know, so often we think to ourselves, now the world needs to see how great Christianity is, but we don't tell our face. Okay. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you get the joy of God in your life, you just become ablaze with a passion for Jesus. And it gives you the strength to face the trials and the tribulations that you go through. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, I have learned the content, now I've learned the secret of being content in each and every circumstance. Whether in need or whether in plenty, whether hungry or well fed, I've learned the secret of being content. See, in the Christian faith we have this huge paradox I am completely content in who I am in Jesus. But I'm completely discontent at the same time. Because I know there's so much more in God's heart. See, we are so content with where we are, what God's given us. It's a delight to our souls, but God says there's more. So we live in that contradiction between these two worlds. There was one man in the Bible, a man called Joseph, who had more trouble in his life than you and me could ever possibly imagine. He went through trials and tribulations, thrown into the pit, thrown into the prison, rejected by his brothers. But two factors made him emotionally stable throughout his whole life. You know, want to know what they are? I'll tell you, whether you like it or not. Number one, he knew the love of his father. He knew that his father loved him. And that was the bedrock of his identity in his life. No matter what circumstances befell his life, he knew he was loved by his father. Even when the coat of many colours had gone, he still knew the love of his father in his heart. Because that love didn't just clothe him outwardly, it clothed his heart. And today, you, if you want to be secure in who you are, you need to know the love of the father. Not your human father, but your heavenly father. And because you know that he loves you, he accepts you, he approves of you, it gives you security to live dynamic for him. And second thing, he knew the call of God of his life. He knew the love of God, but knew he had a purpose that was set by God's agenda for his life. And therefore he knew he could not ever fail God and God would never fail him. Sometimes it's only the call of God and the love of our Father in heaven that will sustain us through the battles that we face. See, it may have been possible for Joseph to become depressed or angry or annoyed. I've been in this prison guard for two years. You've never even looked at me once, but he had that knowledge deep down in his heart that he knew who he was in God. And he knew that that could never be shaken. See, sometimes our emotions seem so powerful, but they are not all-powerful. And we can bring all our emotions into alignment with God's will. So my last point this morning. 
Are you in control of your own emotions? Are you in control of your anger, your jealousy, your sadness, your fear? Or are they controlling you? See, God today wants us not to be victim to our emotions, but victors over our emotions. They would find fulfillment in God's purpose for our lives. How do we gain control over our emotions, I hear you ask. In James chapter 4, verse 7, we have a key. James says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't start by resisting or standing against or forcing ourselves against those emotions and thoughts. We choose to submit our lives to God. The key to successful living is successful dying. The key to victory is surrender. See, the kingdom of God is turned upside down. All the values of this world are opposite to the values of the kingdom. We live by dying and we win by losing. You understand that? And when we come and we're facing a huge battle, we don't resist it with human effort. We just say, God, I surrender all I am to you. I lay it all down. And Jesus sets one as an example. In the Garden of Gethsemane, a few hours before he's taken to the cross and crucified, he finds himself in the garden with his friends. And the weight and the emotional agony of that moment weighs heavily upon his human soul. He feels the, the agony and the, the, the fear and the loneliness and the pain of the cross that is set before him. Jesus was so very human, so very real. He was, the Bible says that he is not unable to empathize or sympathize with our emotions. He knows what it's like to be tempted. In those moments in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, Lord, if you can take this cup away from me, take it away. I can't face it. I can't go through with it. And then through that heat of emotional battle, he says, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. Today, you may be going through a raging battle with the emotions, the thoughts, the storms raging all around you. The answer is not to fight. It's the answer is to surrender. Say, Jesus, have it all. Take it all away. And it's time just to simply surrender everything. There's a wonderful passage in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to finish with these thoughts. The wind and the waves beat against the house on the rock. The wind and the waves beat against the house on the sand. And if you read it in the English version, you'll recognize that the, the word beat against in verse 25 and verse 27 is the same word. But in the original language, there's two separate Greek words that are used. In verse 27... When the wind blows upon the house that's on the sand, it falls against it. Proskopto in the Greek. It falls against it like a surging tidal wave against this house to knock it down. But in verse 25, it's prospipto that's used, different Greek word. It means to fall down before. See, when your life is grounded in Christ Jesus... 
the enemy, the waves, the wind will fall down before you. But if your life is not grounded in Jesus Christ, then those waves come against you to overwhelm you. But the Bible says that greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. When you are indwelt by the Christ of eternity, you are strong and you are secure and you are safe. The Bible says in Psalms 62, he is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. So today, if your life is based upon the sand of your emotions, you're in trouble. <laughs> but if your life is based upon the rock of Christ Jesus, you are unshakable. And when your emotions say to you, I'm shaking, you say, I refuse to accept that diagnosis. Because I know who I am in Christ. Should we stand to our feet? I want to just pray for a few moments. This morning, do you need to bring your emotions, your thoughts into alignment with God's will? This morning, do you need to develop a resilience to your emotions, to the storms that rage around you? This morning, do you... Are you going to refuse to allow those motions to govern your life? This morning, are you going to allow joy to bubble up inside your heart, to be the source of strength for the battles that lie ahead? Are you going to gain control of your emotions by surrendering everything you are to God? Just as I own a plays, I'm not going to prolong this, but just, if you just want to respond to God, say, God, I want to get my emotions back on track. I want to live right. I want to be a man, a woman of joy and peace. And just make that response right now in your heart to God. Jesus. And if you need prayer this morning, feel trapped by negative emotions or thoughts. Let God start to work in your heart right now. We'll pray for you and pray with you. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for all you've done, all you're doing in our lives. But God, we want to be emotionally strong, emotionally healthy. We want to increase our stability and our capacity emotionally, God. We'll be the men and women you're caused to be. Lord, let our souls prosper. Let us be in health today. Lord Jesus. I'm just going to sing just a few words and then close the meeting. But if you need prayer this morning, if you're battling with emotions that are raging out of control, just come and the prayer team will pray with you and pray for you. The God will set you free. Just come right now, we pray. The showers of mercy and grace Sing it Falling on every face There is freedom Freedom reigns in this place Shout See 